Hello, and welcome to Quote Unquote Guilty, the only guilty pleasure podcast with air quotes in the title. I am your host, Joe Ketchum, and I'm joined today once again by Trevor Stefanik. Hello. Trevor, it's been like 100 episodes since you've been on. Wow, it doesn't seem like Almost 100. Almost 100. Yeah. That sounds like a milestone. Did you just finish your 100th episode? We, ju- we just did 100 with Alien vs. Predator. Wow. The original? The original Alien wow. vs. Predator. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Not all the sequels that they've done. Not not Requiem. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> Johnny Blaze wants to come on and talk about Requiem. Uh, and I don't know if I have it in me because I love AVP, but AVPR is. Let me know sometime. Woo. I've got some of the original run Dark Horse comics. I would love to read some of the comics. They yeah, do. and they were those were really good. I'm planning on coming to your game night, so maybe I can borrow something. I also want to try your AVP board game. I, Johnny and I need to finish building and painting all the models and oh then, is, yes we it, definitely will. It, i didn't realize there were arts and crafts involved oh there's it. so much arts and crafts oh wow it's it's like warhammer light which if you don't know what warhammer warhammer is good just stay away <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm not familiar but it sounds like a good thing <laughs> so yeah today we're talking about dollhouse joss whedon's dollhouse ah uh, joss whedon the genius joss whedon yeah the man himself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Short run sci-fi series. Not his shortest run. Not his shortest run, no. <laughs> it, w- it would be hard to beat his shortest run. <laughs> it was 14 episodes of yeah. Firefly. Glorious Firefly. Yeah. Uh, but this is close. Like 27 episodes of Dollhouse between the two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to wear my earbuds. I'm not listening to anything. 27 or 26? So that was 13 oh, per season. I, w- I was thinking of, um, it is 26, but on IMDb it says 27 because it counts the unaired pilot. Oh, which they chopped up. Because uh, I was reading some of that. They basically chopped it up and put it through the entire series. So yeah. you do end up seeing it in a way. I haven't watched it like since I first got the Blu-ray, the, the mm-hmm. unaired pilot. But mm-hmm. yeah, you find out that Victor's a doll right away in, the pi- in that pilot. Oh, I like that reveal. I'm glad they yeah. didn't do that. I, I'm glad they, they have the Victor reveal a few episodes in. They have the November reveal a mm-hmm. few episodes later. I mean, they they lay it out. And I, I guess we should talk about the premise of the show oh, yeah. really quickly. Oh, yeah. I guess that'd be nice. Um, <laughs> so the Dollhouse is a secret organization in Los Angeles, although there's Dollhouses all over the world. Oh, quick side note. Yeah. Is it a real urban legend or did he make up the urban legend? I'm, I'm pretty for- sure he invented it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I imagine you're responding to my Facebook post. Oh, I didn't even see it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did this thing where I was like, uh, give me a subject, I'll give you my top five. And someone said conspiracy theories. I couldn't think of five, so I threw Dollhouse on there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sure, it's people, it's government rewriting personnel, or it's not even a government thing. It's an yeah. independent agency rewriting pers- people's personalities. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a, because uh, I listened to some of the commentary from, uh, the last episode of the first season with, uh, Marissa, Tancheron. Yeah, there's and, a lot of there's a lot Jed of hard to, hard to pronounce names on here. Yeah, and yeah. Jed Wheaton, they're married, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they uh, weren't they at were the talking, time, but they are now. Yeah. They were talking about that, of course, from their incept, Dollhouse was basically a, a, a prostitution ring, but the network didn't like it, so they found a lot of ways of saying it but not saying it. Yeah. So the idea is that Dollhouse is a is basically a, a prostitution house, uh, a brothel where they take people who are supposedly willing. And wipe their memories 
and imprint them, that's the word they use in the show, with new personalities to build people's fantasies. Yes. So they'll make them fall in love with you. They'll make them your perfect ideal match. Um, and yeah, a lot of times it's a romance engagement where it's basically prostitution, but as, as Zone says in Epitaph 1, more believable hookers. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But there's also like... You know, they can be imprinted to be CDC experts and handle an outbreak on a campus. Ninjas. They they can be imprinted with assassin skills. Um, So they they serve all kinds of purposes, and that's really the fun of the show. If it was just about a bunch of prostitutes, I would have lost interest in it, I think. I would have stuck with it because it's Whedon. Yeah. I I always hold out hope for Whedon. (laughs) And I remember this show particularly when it came on, it was like a Sarah McLaughlin commercial. Like, please... For just one half hour, one hour a week, <laughs> you can help Joss Whedon stay on the air. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's really interesting in discussing with people that I was going to do this. I really found two opinions that some people were like, "Oh yeah, great, I remember that when it came out," and then other people were like, "I'm never going to watch it because I hate Elijah Dushku." Because what? Well, apparently, because I'm oh, a, cause I'm a faith? different Joss Whedon person. Yeah, I came to Joss Whedon through Firefly. I actually never watched Buffy. I'm I'm terrible. I watched the movie. You still haven't. Watched I have Buffy? not seen the series. I know I'm a terrible Holy person. I need. Crap. I know I need to watch it. Um, but Before you leave, I'll give you all seven seasons. <laughs> I will take it. Uh, but I watched. Um, I, I got into Joss Whedon through Firefly, and this was this came out in 2009. I didn't watch Firefly first run. I watched like one or two episodes, and then you know they're really messing with all the schedules, so I never got to watch it. So I watched it kind of like 2004, 2005, and so this was. I think his really first major show after Firefly. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yes, yes, I get to watch it. So I watched Dollhouse. I DVR'd Dollhouse and watched it with a week between each episode. And this was actually the first time that I binged watched them because I went back to watch, rewatch Dollhouse to get ready for this. And I really found a different feeling. The, the show had a different effect on me binging it compared to watching it a week after a week after a week. Mm. It, was, it was very interesting to me. And I, I wasn't sure if it was because it was the second time. Or it was the difference between binging and... What, what was the effect like binging it versus the week-to-week? Because when it first came out, I watched it week-to-week, too. Yeah. yeah, it was... To me, it, it felt... I don't know. I was able to keep track of people a little bit easier. Some of the things seemed less believable binging, but other things seemed more believable. There are a little. There are things that are rushed. There's like a weird time jump in the second season of oh, like yeah. three months. I think, I, I think we can pinpoint pinpoint the episode where they knew they were canceled yeah <laughs> um actually i was listen- i was watching some of the special features last night after i finished mm-hmm. epitaph 2 and they knew like they to- we didn't told the cast they were canceled he-, he had come out with this whole plan for like the next season or where he saw the mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. going he ha- he mapped it all out this whole treatment and when he turned that in the network like oh no you're you're canceled <laughs> and so he he told the cast when they uh, at the end of the attic episode where they're all together that's in, what it feels like in adults and that's what office. it feels like it's like oh we need to finish this yeah but there's a few episodes before that when echo in doll state is out on her own yeah. And Paul picks her up and mm-hmm. her personalities reassert themselves and she figures out how to composite and mm-hmm. function. Uh, there's that three month jump yeah. in time that make that feels a little weird. And it's like they probably would have taken their time. But the entire series, they thought they were going to be canceled. Like yeah. every episode, they they acted on the assumption they would be canceled at any Aww, second. That's sad. So it was just about like telling the story they wanted to tell as quickly as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hmm. And, and, you know, I think it works pretty well. It holds together really well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it just feels rushed. I'd say those last three episodes 
It feels a little rushed. Little and not rushed. even the Epitaph episodes. Yeah. Maybe Epitaph 2, the back half of Epitaph 2 feels a little rushed. And I'm really impressed with Epitaph 2 and everything they managed to do yeah, in that in hour. one episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot to wrap up there. Well, I liked, because I was listening to some of the special features in Epitaph 1, and I liked how they said they actually filmed it concurrently with the season 1 finale. They filmed Epitaph 2? No, they filmed Epitaph 1. Oh, with, with, with season the season one finale. Okay, gotcha. And then they went back and did season two. So I thought that would be a really interesting concept if they would do 12 episodes in present day. Yeah. And if, they, if every season was like that, that then ended with a new epitaph. I thought that would be really cool. You got to believe that that was the plan. Yeah. Uh, the way they did these two seasons is like we would every at the end of every season, we'll jump ahead to 2019. Yeah. And we just we knew we were canceled. So when we do epitaph two, so we have to do our. Yeah our MacGuffin to fix everything. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think he mentioned on the special feature that Epitaph 1 didn't air. Yeah. No, from what I remember, Epitaph 1 and Epitaph 2 both showed at the same time. Okay. At That's the, what at I the end of everything. Yeah. So uh, when I saw Epitaph 1 at the end of season one, for me, when I was watching it through this time, I'm like, oh, that makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. Because it seemed really abrupt. I remember the first, when it first aired, it seemed really abrupt. It's like, oh, we're in 2019. Okay. All right. And to have those strange, like, flashbacks to the previous episode or, you know, episodes we had just watched. It was fun to insert those, though, because I knew it was coming then in Mm -hmm. season two. That was really cool. Yeah. And it it plays with uh, dramatic irony where the audience knows, like, Paul doesn't actually die. Like, we've seen clips of him later Mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. Echo that we haven't seen yet. And we know that, um, you know, Boyd and Claire get together. And that's a whole thing. Yeah. Which, do they? I know that's that's strange. Do they? Do they really? Yeah. Is that because at what point is Claire Clyde? uh, Clyde, yeah, Clyde two point oh. Yeah. Question that I I'm not sure if we ever really answered or maybe I missed it. Who was sending Paul those messages? Was that Adele? I believe it was meant to be um, the NSA guy. Reed, Reed Diamond, her her former chief of security before he gets sent to the attic. Oh, oh, uh, Dominic, Mr. Dominic. Yeah, Mr. Dominic. Ah, okay. I think right. the idea it's him sending. Oh, messages right, because he was an NSA. Yeah, that's right. Which is weird. Why did he even ever try to kill Echo if that was his only contact with Paul? I'm not sure. Well, I think he knew because he sends a message with November too. I think he knew he could send a message with any doll. Oh, that's true. And Echo true. just bothers him. <laughs> Echo just annoys him. He's like, I gotta. Or I think maybe it's not that Echo bothers him. That he, she's unpredictable. Yeah, and, and she might blow his investigation. Yeah, yeah. she could. She could. Fi- you know, screw everything up. And I like that his motivation is not to take down the dollhouse, but just to make sure it's running properly. Yeah. I thought Keep that was a nice twist. Yeah. yeah. Like, the government needs some oversight of this. Well, there, there's something to be said. I think both him and Boyd, sorry, not Boyd, but Rossum Boyd. I, I don't know. How do we separate those the two founder. people? The I call, founder. They call him the founder. We'll call him the founder. Yeah. That both Dominic and the founder are both operating under similar principles, that the technology is going to get out. There's nothing we can do. You can't uninvent it. So, we might as well be prepared. Yeah. And, they, and the founder is well aware of the potential of the technology from its inception, right. from well, being partners with Clyde. that's how he dumps Clyde one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Clyde's like, this is a terrible idea. We should get rid of this. And he's like, well, I'm going to put you in a big computer and copy your personality so you're a bit more agreeable, and then everything will be fine. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> and I'm going to use you as, a, as the base for our awesome computer, our supercomputer. One of the things I really enjoy about any Joss Whedon project, and it's not just Joss Whedon project. Ever since Firefly, I will follow any project by any of those castmates or or even production people. Yep. Uh, that's why I watched 
every single episode of Castle, even though my wife was like, I am done with this show. I'm never watching it again. <laughs> I gave up on it, too. I was nope, like, I, I, love Nathan, I love Nathan Fillion so much, but I can't do it anymore. I've watched <laughs> Suits all the way through because of Gina Torres. Yeah, I, so I, I've watched Dirty Grandpa because of Zac Efron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kept up on uh, Warehouse 13 because yeah. uh, Jewel State would show up occasionally. And uh, who else showed up in there? Um, oh, Badger. Um, Oh, Badger did? Badger was I, a major part. Wasn't Sean Mayer on Warehouse Sean 13? Mayer, Sean Mayer and Jewel State did an episode where they were actually together, yeah. and it was adorable. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch much of Warehouse 13, but yeah. So I, I've always kept up with them. I'm more inclined to watch something if a, a Firefly alum is yes. in it. But I won't necessarily yeah. go out of my way to But then Dollhouse introduced me to more people that I like keeping up with, yeah. like uh, Amy Acker. Oh. I, I love everything she does. Amy, Amy Acker, I was introduced to an angel. So oh, when you when yeah, you watch, watch Angel, Angel, like she is a highlight. I I will I will that's one I will watch anything Amy Acker does. Oh, I yeah. haven't watched her like X Men series. It's good. Is it good? She is good. Yes. Um, but of I love when Amy Acker shows up in anything. Yeah. Like yeah. she did that one episode of Agents of Shield and her yes. run on Dollhouse, her run on Angel. Yeah. It's all just one. Her you know she did the Whedon Much Do About Nothing. Yeah. Oh, was which was so, so great. Good. Yeah. So good. That much ado, I I bought it as soon as it came out. <laughs> it was so good. And then uh, this one introduced me to some no- more people. Like uh, I'm going to say her name wrong. Going to try the names. I'm going to try uh, Deechin Lockman. That is correct. All right, she is great. Yeah. And every time I see her show up in something, I'm like, oh, it's Sierra. Every time she's Sierra. Yeah. Um, Agents I, of Shield. She's Sierra. I feel like I just saw her in something else too recently. I, I just saw her in Altered Carbon, which is why I was okay. talking to you about it. She's really great in that. And interestingly enough, for those of you that have watched Dollhouse, and if you enjoyed Dollhouse, if you haven't seen Altered Carbon, you should watch it. It's very, it plays with very similar themes, uh, though in a in a different way, and set more of in, in a different setting, like cyberpunk future. But and and of course, yeah, it looks kind of like a Blade Runner. Type yes, yeah, environment. And, and of course, uh, she's in it, and she's great. Yeah, <laughs> I love her. Uh, Enver, not oh, going to pronounce no. his name. <laughs> Victor, we're just going to Victor. Gonna, yeah, we we'll love use you guys. Code names. <laughs> if you ever listen to this. We, we appreciate all of your acting, and you are great. Uh, we don't know you well enough to pronounce your names correctly. So, unfortunately, I think for the rest of this podcast, we're going to refer to you by your call signs. Victor, yeah. I, I wouldn't have Victor attempted Enver, except I, I listened to uh, one of the special features, and Josh was like, Enver, what was your favorite part of the show? I was like, oh, that's how you pronounce it. Yes. Say his last name. <laughs> yeah. I bet, I bet Josh can't pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. But Victor's Victor great. Sierra. He doesn't show up in as much... Um, well, he was a regular on um, Agent um, Carter. Yes, yeah. he was good in that too. He was really great. Yeah, but I have any you know, Avengers. So yep. two, one of those char- one of those actors, rare actors, that has two roles in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, yeah, two different roles. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Enver. I don't know. It's hard for me to say. Sierra showed a really wide range of acting and accents, and and I loved her. But I, I thought Victor's. Topher impression was so yes. ridiculously spot on. <laughs> I actually, my wife was, she's watched, uh, she's caught me binging Dollhouse over the last few days. And she goes, I don't know if I like this show. And I'm like, it's okay. You got to watch it from the beginning. And of course, it's always, she always walks in on one of the, the sex or prostitution scenes. I'm like, no, that's not what the whole show. I mean, it's kind of about that, but it's not really about that. Uh, but she was there for one of his scenes where he's doing his uh, Topher impression. I'm like, you look at this. It's so perfect. If mm-hmm. I close my eyes, I can't tell the difference. Yeah, people assumed that they dubbed him. They, I can like, see that. The voice was so perfect. They assumed that 
Fran Krantz did the voice and they just he just lipped it. It's like, no, that's him doing the voice. But in this roundtable, it is like, why didn't we dub it? Like, that would be so much easier. <laughs> yeah, it was because he was so good. He, he was could do so it. great as Topher. And so many of his other his Roger characters. His that, Roger character is great. Uh, Adele is in love with is great. Even the character we're first introduced to Luboff. him as Luboff. Oh, so good. Yeah, because I didn't I had no idea. I, I do remember the first time I watched this series. Once I found out, because you find out that Luboff is a doll, and you're like, oh, oh, wow, this is really... And then you find out Melly is a doll, and you're like, everybody's a doll. Yeah. Everybody, just assume everybody we run into is a doll. And there's that moment near the end of the first season where they're infiltrating the dollhouse, Alpha, and uh, and we don't know Alpha's a doll. Yes. Like, we don't know uh, Alan oh, Tudyk's a doll. That, that reveal that Alan Tudyk was, a, was Alpha was really... I remember the first time I watched it was really good. When they first introduced Alan Tudyk, and he's this really meek character, I was like, there's no way... There's something more going on here. I, yeah. don't, I don't think I called that he was a doll. I certainly didn't call that he was Alpha. But I was like... He's way too helpless for a Joss Whedon show. There's something oh, more okay. going on here. I thought it was going to be like a guest spot. Like yeah. just on once and, and away. And that's so another thing. I was it's okay with it being, Like the Firefly yeah. alums tend to get the cream of the crop characters in Whedon's I stuff. I, did, I don't think I meta meta it. Is that a... Yeah. That's a good verb. Yeah, yeah. I didn't meta it that much. When you, when you watch Buffy and Nathan Fillion shows up, you're like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right, these cream of the crop characters in these Whedon shows for the, the Firefly... Peeps. Yeah, but but Victor's acting was just yeah. He he. I mean, he was given the opportunity to do some really amazing roles. Uh, one of the Sierra's roles that was a total throwaway role that I wanted to see more of. Do you remember the like? It was like it was like a 20s flapper girl, and she's Ivy is the one uh, giving her the treatment, and she's, <laughs> she's like. I don't like it was either it's Asians that or I, Orientals. It's not that I don't like Orientals. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is so amazingly deliciously ironic, and I yeah. love it, and it's great writing. Um, but it was a great character too. Mm-hmm. Like she sold it so well. Yeah, even Perfect. though, she, even though, like you said, she's only there for like a minute. Mm-hmm. You you want more of that? You want to know what? Like whose fantasy is this? Like what purpose is she yeah. serving? I, we could do a whole spinoff about this this character. And I loved every time, every time that one of the dolls came out of the chair in character. Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's uh, it was, I loved it every time." Oh, another it. another Deechen one, another Sierra one is where uh, Tover has his annual birthday party. Oh, her! She yeah. was. Yeah. That's a fun character. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about how tense it made some of the audience because they're like, please don't sleep with her. And it's like, no, Topher wouldn't do that. It's like, it's just a legitimate best friend thing. It has this yeah. whole facade of being a calibration exercise. But yeah. no, it's just his gift to himself every year that Adele goes along with. So here's what I don't understand. What was Echo's special property? She, something about her spinal fluid uh-huh. rejects the imprinting process. Okay. It makes her resistant to it. And they've never come across so anyone else. So what was else. the symptoms? It was it her ability to switch between It was her it was yeah, her ability to and composite. Doesn't Alpha also Alpha would probably also be the same. So why did they the not real Oh, did he not do the blood test thing that I don't I'm guessing maybe they knew that about Alpha as well. Maybe it was his base personality that threw it off. I yeah, some something cuz he's, you know, a psychopath. Yeah. Or his original personality was a psychopath, so his brain is damaged. Oh, okay. In All a right. specific oh, so maybe way. it was a brain thing instead of like Yeah. That. So maybe it's something physiologically that they didn't they didn't draw to him as much as Echo. Like Echo comes along and or um, Caroline comes along and she's much more exciting of a prospect to create this vaccine against this tech getting out. Yeah. But yeah, that's what it is. There's something on a physiological level that's different about Caroline that makes her resistant to this process. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> So I, I thought that was all really interesting. I remember when I first saw the pilot and what struck me right away about the concept of the series is that this is not a perfect technology. Yeah. They're, like right away, there's 
um, cracks. There's yeah. things going wrong. There was that. Uh, it was either the first or second episode where Sierra and Echo are walking past each other, and Sierra starts to smile at her, and and Echo yeah. shakes her head, mm-hmm. and you're like, "What? Wait a minute. Yeah, they shouldn't. What's going on there? Yeah, yeah. It's very early that you see that Echo is retaining not necessarily memories, but some sort of instinctual. It's not working the way it should. Thing. Yeah, yeah. There's something off with Echo because especially with how confident Topher is. Because you believe Topher right away. Uh, I don't know. You trust what he says right away, mm-hmm. that, that he is very smart yeah. and that he knows how all of this stuff works. And, and you're like, oh, no, I buy it. All right. So they're totally wiped. And so you immediately, you don't think, oh, maybe Topher's wrong. You think instead there's something about Echo. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Because they talk about grouping. Yeah. At, like halfway through the first season. Yeah. That's why uh, Echo and Sierra and Victor are drawn to each other and they sit at the same table and always have lunch. It's not memory. Sorry, it's just. I don't know that one. Oh, I forgot. She's going to freak out every time I say Echo. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they get into this grouping Mm -hmm. phenomenon. And, of course, Victor and Sierra are always drawn to each other, no matter what their imprint, if they're in doll state. It's just a basic chemical attraction between them. Yeah. So, it's really interesting how it gets into the brain versus the mind versus instinct versus, you know, conscious thought. Or even the soul. Yeah, the soul, yeah. I think they use that word a few times, especially in the second Paul does. Yeah. Paul, when he first gets to the dollhouse and he's investigating Alpha, is like, what what was he originally? I don't think you can strip away someone's soul, who they are at their core. And I think Topher makes fun of him for using the word soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, Alpha and his real estate, you know, was a psychopath who cut this woman up, exactly like Alpha did in Doll State. Yeah. So, yeah, I just... Really, really complicated and interesting the way they go about this very simple premise. Yeah, just and so many great performances. The the acting is top notch. Yeah, like all of these characters play like fifty different characters uh, well and do it very well. And I and I like when uh, multiple dolls play the same character. Yeah, I mean Victor playing Topher is great. But you also have uh, Deechin and Eliza Dushku both playing the Blue Skies. Taffy. Taffy, yes. Yes. That was great. Mm-hmm. You have, uh, oh, Victor also did a great Mr. Dominic. He gets yeah. imprinted with Dominic's personality. Oh, and he does, what's his name? Harding? Yes. The oh, it, it, was, it wasn't Harding. It was the other one. The other big wig. Shellfish. Uh, yeah, the guy who's allergic, allergic to shellfish. Yeah. Shellfish. Wow. He, the more I think about it, the more we're talking about it. He really, he was set up with a lot of great opportunities to really show his range. And as an actor, uh, I can only imagine how great a, a challenge and a bounty it would be to play one of these dolls because mm-hmm. you really get to do everything, but you're still the same person. So you've got like three or four different things going on in your mind as an actor. It's like, all right, I've, I've got to be this. But I'm still kind of me because that's kind of a whole underlay of the whole series. Yeah. yeah. You also have his original personality, Anthony. And then you have Anthony 10 years from now. Yeah. Who's become like completely addicted to technology and the various imprints yeah. and is running this like Mad Max team of. <laughs> it was really great. <laughs> Rage Ravagers. <laughs> Which I thought was great that they were all more dolls that we didn't see because we saw kilo uh, yeah. played by marissa yep uh, as soon as kilo showed i was like oh okay yeah i yeah, remember yeah. this but then there was some other one like romeo that we had never met before but yep the, oh speaking of romeo kilo all of that stuff i also liked when we were introduced to was that the dc dollhouse mm-hmm. when we were introduced to the dc dollhouse that they had different they had different code names they went by greek gods that's it was like what it hades was. and aphrodite yeah was like oh cool so the totally different coding process and then when you get to the attic, there's no code. I was like, "Wait, we don't use, we use your real names. My real name is Echo." Boom. Boom. <laughs> yep, yep. 
I feel like we've just kind of been talking randomly at this T- point. Talk we, about like, we some specific some episodes. Yeah, I don't know. Are, are there specific episodes that stand out? Um, Engagements. Yes. Uh, oh, Patton Oswalt, Joel Miner. Yes. Was a, uh, and I, I love that he came back, but his was really great because I, I liked how it was. Yes, it was supposed to be his wife. So uh, set up. Obviously, you don't care about spoilers if you if you've listened this far. Uh, uh, but his episode, just to remind those of you that haven't seen it in a while, Joel Miner is this I don't know, kind of an internet billionaire, but he also yeah. creates content. So he strikes me as kind of like an older characters. Zuckerberg kind of guy. He um, he bought a house for his wife, and uh, when his wife was on the way to see the house for the first time, she was hit by a truck and died. So what he does is once a year. He celebrates his anniversary by having Echo imprinted to be like his wife and actually goes through the process of showing her the house again. Yeah. And it was kind of implied that at the end of it, there'd be some romantic... They have sex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because Paul's like, and then you sleep with her, well, it is a fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think that was the point of it. No. It's it's all about the emotional fantasy. It's like, I get to show her this house. Yeah. Uh, and and Pat Oswalt was just great in that character because I think that's like when he made his fortune. He's like he just made this big deal. He bought this dream yeah. house, and he was going to tell her all of this, and yeah. she gets in a car accident. Which interesting irony that I was thinking about because I watched it with a totally different eye this time because mm-hmm. of course Pat Oswalt's wife actually did pass. Yeah, uh, but it was 2012, so it was after he filmed this. So I, I think that's really. It was 2012 she died? I, th- oh, was, I thought it was later. Like yeah, it was 2014. It was really 15, recent. Yeah. yeah, it was recent. It was well after he filmed this episode. Because he and just got remarried. And, it, you know, everyone was giving him shit because it was only like a year after the wife died yeah. that he got remarried. Well, and it's like, it's... Everybody goes know, through their own process. It's, yeah. And you should respect that. Yeah, absolutely. And I do. <laughs> no, no, oh, I know you do. But I'm, I'm saying... Sorry, I'm like talking that to that, that, those yeah, people. It was, I was saying you, that was recent. That was only like a year. So, yeah. But I actually got engaged, something like that. Um, but I thought it was really interesting watching that episode now with that knowledge that I couldn't have had the first time. Yeah, it was a really interesting. It was it was oddly parallel to his situation because yeah. in the end of the series he's getting remarried. Yeah, um, yeah, and telling his dead wife through Echo about his new wife, and it's like, oh man. I remember when I watched the episode the first time, I thought Alpha had re-imprinted Joel. And so when they brought Miner into the dollhouse, oh. I was like, "Oh, is Alpha in there? Is Alpha in him?" That would have been an interesting twist. Yeah, but it was—he just somehow walked right in the back door. Yeah, Alpha can just walk in. <laughs> He's that good. He's very good. good. Which I loved him showing up in Epitaph too. Yeah, that's like, no, I'm I'm a pacifist now. It's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just maybe one of the more uh, devastating things about the series being so short is we don't see that journey for alpha mm-hmm. from psychopath obsessed with echo to ally. It's basically, well, yeah, I think I, I was going to draw a Buffy parallel, but because um, when she sees him in, in the dollhouse in epitaph two, they hug, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was really great. And it really, just that one thing really showed, Oh, there's been a whole history here. They have met up and maybe worked together on a numerous occasions. And uh, I like that. That was cool. I also find it interesting that Alpha leaves for the pulse. Like right. he's going to be restored to his original personality. Like psychopath. Yeah. Which, but makes you wonder though, does he think that maybe he's cured? Because, you know, they talk about that a lot that, that uh, Sierra uh, dealt with Nolan. Nolan. Yes. And hopefully she's been, we've given them closure. You know, Echo is allowed to release all the dolls and that's supposed to gives her closure that, that, that Victor, uh, he, Victor's PTSD is somehow healed. Yeah. They, they talk about like, Almost, they almost implied they meddled with his original imprint so that to fix his PTSD before they re-imprint him. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, which makes you wonder, is Alpha hoping for the same thing? Or is he just want to be... Does he hope the Pulse will actually truly wipe him and the compositing will go away? That's that's an interesting point. Like, none of this tech has really 100% worked on Echo. Why would it work on Alpha? Right. So I think that he will be restored, but it seems like all that other stuff will still reinsert itself. And so he will be different and have a fresh start, maybe not have those memories of the terrible things he did. So maybe that's the real motivation. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Uh, other episodes I really enjoyed. Um, oh, I was thinking uh, the episode 12, season 2, where we finally find out about the founder. The mm-hmm. first thing I flashed back to was the first or second episode where the guy is hunting Echo. Yeah. And Boyd takes an arrow. And I was like, oh, I wonder if he he knew. I was wondering that, too. Was, like if, was it always the plan to have Boyd revealed as the big bad? Because if so... I don't know his name. I never even looked up the actor's name. Is that, is that Harry Lennox? Could be. Yeah, I think that's right. I, th- I think that's Harry Lennox. Plays it perfectly. He doesn't. Oh. He doesn't give anything away. He's a great character. Apparently, yeah. and and I was like, why haven't I seen him before? And then I looked him up. And I was like, oh, he's been doing DCEU. That's why I haven't seen him because I have watched right. none of the DC. He, he's Sorry. the he's the general in BVS and um, Man of Steel. Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I envy you skipping those movies. <laughs> I did watch half of Wonder Woman. Uh, I would have watched the whole thing, but my wife fell asleep. So. You watch the good half. Yeah, oh, okay. Like, All right. Yeah. Okay, that's good. It's, it's like really good and interesting. The third act is kind of just a okay. big, big right. CG fight. <laughs> it's the same thing. Uh, we won't even get into the DCEU. I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I like Justice League because it's so stupid. <laughs> I laughed a lot. Like, I enjoyed that movie oh. so much because it, it fails in every conceivable oh. way. <laughs> Ow. Ouch. I'm waiting for the big director's cut, the ultimate cut of that one to come out because I need... I need more of that ridiculousness. Oh my gosh. Um, but the other ones are just painful. But yeah, the one where Echo's hunted, that's a great reveal because it's a very standard, like, romantic engagement where he wants someone who can keep up with him mountain yeah. climbing and stuff. So when it becomes, into, when it turns into the most dangerous game, that's really great. Yeah. And I, um, it's kind of an also another Alpha introduction too yep. because you find out that Alpha set up the whole engagement. Yeah. Uh, which makes you wonder does Alpha know that it's high stress events? That may start the the compositing process, and so that's what he's trying to do. Oh, that's interesting. That he's he's orchestrating things for Echo to get her ready for the composite at the end of season one. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, I didn't even think. There's a number of places that you kind of see those things and pushing from Alpha. I I, I'm still wondering about the symbolism of the beds in like a pentagram. You know, because there are five beds. Because almost every episode of season one ends with the zoom out on the five beds. Yeah. Um, and they're enclosed, they're like coffins. Yeah. But there's really only four uh, actives that we really get to know really well. Oh, that's an episode that stands out to me is where they kind of wake up with their original personalities, yeah, who, but no memories. Who are they with? What was that? Mike? Yeah, they're with Mike. Um, is Mike a, a... It is. Oscar co- Mike. Have you ever heard that? Oscar Mike? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's... I can't remember what it means. But yeah, M, uh, Mike is for the M. Okay. Um, and that guy... I didn't, re- I didn't know him at the time, 10 years ago, but he's a regular on Masters of Sex. Oh. And I feel like he's shown up in a couple of movies I've seen. And it's interesting that Mike doesn't get the same, like, journey as the the other four. He well, it's almost like you wonder if he was put in there as the... Almost to show them... Show them what could happen. Yeah. Yes. That okay. you're going to... You could be wiped, you know, kind of yeah. trying to push them out the door. Then you get turned into a zombie. Which I think it's... You know, is Alpha supposed to be the fifth? You know, because it's... It, the, the, just the Orient... Why five? Why not six? 
Like, I, for me as a symmetry person, I was like, shouldn't there be six or eight or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, for only five to show up every time, it makes me wonder what was – If I feel like there's deliberate symbolism there that I don't fully know understand yet. Y- you mentioned the pentagram and obviously that's a symbol of like sinister evil. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. And it's interesting that Topher, by the end, has set up shop in the fifth one. Yep. That's interesting. <laughs> I like that when they come back to the dollhouse with Topher and he's he's gone back to his – bed and adele thanks al for not cleaning up he said it really spoke to the psychopath in me actually it spoke to both of them (laughs) (laughs) it's a great line yeah it's a great line and uh, tudic is always good i need to watch con man yes i really i've only seen the first season but it's fantastic yeah yeah everything tudic does is good yeah that i mean and it's really like the guest stars they get for it like felicia day's run on oh, con yeah. man is fantastic oh on con man yeah, yeah. felicia day was great as felicia, a guest, yeah felicia day's yeah too. mag mag yeah um who they don't reveal like she's gay i think until epitaph like the end of epitaph, yeah, two, end of epitaph two where yeah, she's where kind she's of kind of like flirty kilo. flirty with uh, kilo yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so that's just always been there and just not a big deal, not a defining character trace. She's much more concerned with surviving the apocalypse than yeah. getting laid. I, I can't believe we've missed this guest star appearance. So Summer Glau. Yeah. Have we not talked about Summer Glau? Summer Glau is great. Bennett Alverson? That sounds right. Yeah. She, that's a great character. I remember when she showed up when I was watching it the first time. I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> I love when Topher zaps her to see if she's a doll <laughs> yes yes it's like there's no way this what this young pretty girl is actually the real bennett halverson or the the line he has later on is like i had a crush on you even when i thought you were a dude yep and her like look there is really great oh yeah and then her untimely demise yeah surprised when, me that when was we when one. we find out that whiskey is clyde and takes her out it makes sense but mm-hmm. you don't know she's quiet at that point you no. think maybe she's a sleeper when she originally does it like what and there was even part of me was like is this part of her pro is this Topher's programming going too far uh because Topher programmed her supposedly to hate him to challenge him yeah, so- yeah. the saunders personality to challenge him and to and she ends up hating him as a result of the challenging and it makes you wonder is there some kind of weird jealousy in there is it a glitch mm-hmm. that she shoots him and then yeah you find out that it's oh and it was that probably wasn't Saunders at all. It was yeah, probably Clyde. They pro- yeah, they uh, they replaced her with Clyde probably Which long man. ago. Yeah. Yeah, because she'd been gone for months. Which then makes me look back at that scene between Boyd and Claire where she's like, don't go. You don't have to do this. Was that Claire? I don't think it was Clyde. That doesn't seem like a Clyde because it's just the two of them in that room when he's packing. But, but Clyde in his way is so loyal to Boyd that maybe it is a oh. little bit like... Yeah, <laughs> kind of weird, and and well, Boyd's like, "Hey, I'm you know, I wasn't into you when you were a little man." That is one of the one of the things I think is sad because I think it's Harry Lennox, but Boyd is such a well acted and such a well played character that the reveal of him as the founder that that's probably one of the least believable parts of it for me, where he's like, "You're my family," and I'm like, "Who is this guy?" Yeah, like it, it didn't feel that that was it's, a jump too far from it's me, odd. Yeah, but I think it was only because it had to happen so quick. Yeah. I think that was probably why it seemed like that. That I don't think I was even fully like, wait, he really is the bad guy. We're really doing this? <laughs> this isn't just another Joss Whedon fake out? Like, this is really happening? And I think they had to keep moving it forward. And so I didn't have time to fully I do, accept. I do like his motivation as a villain, though, where he's not trying to conquer the world. Which is the perfect... He's I, like, this yeah. tech exists. We need to defend against it. But we're only going to defend, you know, the chosen few. It's just, it's a, it, it is a true motivation. You know, I, I don't, 
there's a lot of people that'll say, oh, there's evil in this world and, and e- the evil people will do what evil people do. I don't, I don't hold truck with that. I don't believe that. I, I think that people that end up doing evil acts, something has put them there that they, that, that nobody is born evil, that right. they all get pushed in that direction. You know, as an actor, whenever I'm playing a bad guy, it's always, I always try to make my, justify my actions. How would I need to see them in order for that to be the right thing to do. Right, exactly. And that's what I like about his motivation is that it's very much that. And all the best villains, you can see why they're doing what they're doing. Yes. Like, I, I keep bringing up Black Panther on the show because I loved it so much. And oh. the villain in that, you no. can completely understand everything he does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Eric is a tragedy. Yeah. But you, you get it. And you're like, no, you're, just, you're going about it wrong, but I get what you mean. Mm-hmm. The same thing, I mean, the same thing is true with Rossum, you know, with the founder, is, is that he... He really thinks he thinks this is the right thing to do. He he knows that sometimes you know that there's going to be collateral damage, but he thinks it's the right thing to do. I think that and that's that's what makes a believable villain. Definitely, which is almost why Clyde. You're okay with Clyde 2's motivations because his motivations seem a little strange. But you're like he's not a real person. Yeah, he's been manipulated to be more of a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. he has no conscience. He's just he follows orders. Yeah. Did Clyde in the attic have, didn't he have like a vague British accent? That actor, I've seen him do a number of things before. Yeah, I think he was I think it's interesting English, that, yeah. I think it's it's a kind of a loss because they could have almost, Clyde too could have, not maybe not had like a full on British accent because that would have been too obvious, but just maybe a certain word that he pronounced yeah. <laughs> as like a, as like, oh, wait, you aren't who we think you are. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I like original Clyde in the attic who is walking, who's like become the big monster of the attic because he's trying to euthanize people and put them out of their misery. Yeah. But everyone is terrified of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that almost makes the attic work better as a computer. Oh, I know. Right. <laughs> oh, it's like when, uh. Dominic says, why do you call yourself Arcane? It sounds really cool. It sounds really badass. <laughs> sounds badass. Yeah. yeah. That was great. And I love that his his hell is what he imagines the future to be, which we know the future is going to be. Yeah. And he says all but 3% of the, the results lead here. And does the finale, is the finale that 3% with the pulse? Yeah. But I guess it did lead there, so it so it couldn't have been that 3%. Right. Even though they come out of it the other end. He's like, if, if everyone redeems themselves and everyone just agrees not to weaponize this tech, then maybe we'll be okay. But that's very unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can look to, to history for that. Look at nuclear technology. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, everything new gets weaponized. There is some cynicism to that, which is why I think you can see where the founder's coming from. Yeah. And it's a, it's a completely different character. Like, Boyd is this very stoic ex-cop. And then the founder's almost, like, just enjoying himself. Yeah. <laughs> I still think that Boyd's character switch that we're supposed to accept as him having a domestic life with Claire, I don't quite get. Where he's, like, sleepy and he's drinking. Because he started drinking literally in the episode after he told. He scolds Adele for drinking and just drinking her way through everything. Then we see Boyd, like, going through a flask and i was like what wait a minute i don't i don't get what's happening yeah Uh, but once again i think that's just that those last four episodes that just feel kind of rushed for a reason and i get the reason why Mm -hmm. but it makes me wonder what it what could have been did this get continued as a comic do you know i don't know because I know, because Buffy is still running comics and Angel. Yeah, I don't know. I, Firefly has I comics. I could have sworn now. there was at least one, but I, it might have been more of a corollary. There, there's a, yeah, there's a comic that came with my second season Blu-ray. I didn't read it in preparation for this. 
but it's like a more of the epitaph story. Oh, okay. So I don't know if it like bridges one and two or is a precursor to one, but I don't know. So interesting. I don't know if they kept doing those. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, because like there's a couple of names that keep showing up like Shauna Tripp. I can't say that name either. The costume designer from Firefly also did a lot of the costume design for Dollhouse. Trip Kick. I don't know. Okay. Trip Chick. Uh, Tim Minear obviously worked yep. on Dollhouse a lot. Yeah, yeah. But it, it looked like it was really kind of turned over to Marissa and Jed yeah. for a lot of the rest of the show, and, which they did a great job with it. They're really good writers. Like yeah. they they do Agents of Shield now. Yeah. Um, oh, another good one. I love seeing people show up in that. That's another reason why. I, yeah, I watch Agents of Shield both for MCU and for for Joss. Yeah, there was a time when I would watch any MCU thing. And I was like, I, I I won't watch Inhumans. <laughs> like I it, watched Inhumans. I, it I heard, wasn't. I heard terrible. nothing but bad things. It wasn't about, terrible. If it, it wasn't if great. It, if it drops on Netflix, I might blow through the eight episodes or whatever it is. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I just. But no. <laughs> I think the the worst thing about that show was the you could see the potential. Yeah, and that's always hard. That's that is hard when you can see what they could do and just don't do. And ironically enough, it's one of the same reasons I love things like Firefly and and Dollhouse because you can see the potential. It was already those were both already good, but then just to see the potential of where it could have gone and then never have that realized is right. hard um any favorite lines stand out because i was i didn't well, was, i didn't note anything but there were a few that no there was a couple that after they were said i was like oh that's good but then i i didn't write them down either and i should have the, the one i made a point of remembering through the entire series so i bring it up on the podcast was uh when we flash back to topher's first when he first gets hired and he sees the imprinting process and it's, you know it's only takes two hours to imprint he's like two hours are they memorizing their personalities (laughs) (laughs) yes yes that's a great line yeah so many of topher's lines are really good um the whole debate with somebody about a man reaction man reactions with Uh, yeah with Saunders. saunders yeah when they're looking for what's happening with victor and sierra which is another reason why victor's impersonation is so good because I'm sure that part of that's with the writing, mm. but it it sounds identical. Or having them talk on the phone with each other, but yeah, the the writing coupled with the impression is what makes that that Topher impression so good. Yeah, because he still has that arrogance that I'm the smartest guy in the room always. Mm-hmm. But I like that Topher makes mistakes, like huge mistakes. I mean, he ends the world kind of. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> how dangerous smart people are. That'd be one thing, interesting thing to see is how we get from them succeeding in destroying the Rawson building and destroying this tech to it's still getting out. Yeah. Because obviously yeah. there's other dollhouses they're trying to make this work. One of them must just pull it off somehow. Mm-hmm. But how could they think that destroying this one center fixes the problem? Yeah. Well, because that's where the, the master technology is, which of course Rawson must have had backed up somewhere. But I'm assuming there's also some industrial espionage because in one in Epitaph 1... They're talking about that China did like a blanket imprint. So yep. it's turned into like worldwide warfare with this stuff. So it's, you know, which I'm sure some of the dollhouses were infiltrated by, if, if they were infiltrated by the NSA, you know, they're absolutely by other foreign government intelligence services. I mean, because their, their clients are the wealthiest people in the world. So they're also the most powerful people in the world. Mm-hmm. So they all got their own agendas and their own <laughs> thoughts of how this can be used. Um, I'm trying to think of other episodes that we haven't hit on. Oh, there's the, it's like episode six or something where they're interviewing the people on the street about the myth of the dollhouse. Yes. I don't remember what the, the actual dollhouse story is that episode, but I know all the, 
the people have very strong opinions like yeah like you're telling me i can go to this place and have all my memory erased and party with rich people and then forget it all where do i sign up yeah and the one guy with his girlfriend's like you know it'd be kind of cool you know maybe one guy wants to hook up with another guy you know just once nothing fruity (laughs) (laughs) and then one of the and then one of them forgets that could be some guys could be into that Yeah, no, the, the girlfriend gives the, a really great look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, for some reason, I had in my head from the first time I watched it that one of the people they interview was one of the dolls, and it didn't happen. And I was no, like, oh, yeah. did I just imagine that or create that in my head? <laughs> just wrote it, wrote it yourself. I yeah. wrote it myself, unless I'm a doll, too. You know, everybody is a doll. That's what you have to, to realize. Oh, we haven't talked about Alexis Denisoff. Oh, yeah! Who plays uh, the congressman yeah who's trying to take down the dollhouse except he's a doll except he's a doll yeah because then you realize oh they're trying to get laws written in the way they want them so they can make more money off of this yeah and also he he has a dual purpose it's actually really ingenious through his investigation of the dollhouse falling apart uh it throws any like makes any allegations any mention of a dollhouse seem ridiculous yeah yeah and then, yeah, he's still well, there's, a there's lawmaker. Even, there's even a triple purpose there because it's also, which you originally think is just to weaken Adele, but then you realize that later on, once you see the last four episodes, you realize, oh, that was also to strengthen Adele, to keep her desperate and, and pushing back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To to Because he's, you know, the founder at some point, he's like, I was focusing, I was honing all of you, except for Paul. Which which was a great line, too. He's like, you know, there's just that relative that nobody likes. I was like, <laughs> I kind of felt that way about Paul Ballard, too. I was ready for him to be. It's not. And it's not uh, Tomoa Panikat's fault. He's great. Oh, the Battlestar Galactica alums, which I had just watched Battlestar Galactica the first time I saw Dollhouse. So it was nice to see those alums come back, too. I, I've watched it since watching Dollhouse last time. So, yeah, um, seeing uh, what's his name, the British guy show up at the beginning of season two. Jamie Bamber. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was like, okay, that's uh he was just in a movie I saw recently too where he plays like a hitman. It was really cool. Yeah. It's called I think it was just simply called Money. And I like that one a and lot. And there's another one, the guy oh, I can't remember the actor's name. He plays Colonel Ty. Yeah, the, yeah. He's he like shows, he's, he's like a the, big wig at Rossum. Oh no, he's, no, he's um, the, the psychopath's uh, uncle. The psychopath's yeah. uncle. Yeah. Which was an interesting the psychopath uh, episode is fun because you get to see Echo play him and Victor play him. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, and Victor, uh, another great Victor. Victor playing Kiki. Yes. Was awesome. <laughs> awesome. That guy is so good. He's so good. They were talking about that at the round table too where like they got that him dancing in one take but the director just kept going. He <laughs> just kept making him dance over and over again. <laughs> I See, I don't, that should just be his audition <clears throat> tape. Whenever he yeah. audition, auditions for something, he goes just just go watch Dollhouse. I was watch the <laughs> watch the one where I played a psychopath and Kiki in the same episode because the it's, same episode it's really good. Yeah, so the the Battlestar Galactica alums, but it wasn't Tomoa Pennicut's fault. I think Paul Ballard is just kind of a and maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. I don't like that type of character. The, he, he's not he's not the strongest character for sure. Um, it seems like whenever he gets a little stale, they try to find something new for him to do, which yeah. is nice. Like his pursuit of the Dollhouse runs out of steam so they bring him into the dollhouse and that's interesting and he's echo's handler but that runs out of steam there's a love interest thing there's his whole becoming a doll thing yeah so it doesn't quite all work yeah i think that's probably i now that i'm thinking about it with us talking about it i think that's probably the show's biggest weakness is paul ballard once again not 
to Mo Pennekin's fault. And, and if that's the and if that's the weakest part of the show, it's still yeah, an it's amazing show. Good. Like yeah. that's if that's the, if that's the biggest criticism you have, then <laughs> right, this is right. this is pretty solid. Yeah. Um, we should talk about Adele's arc. Oh yeah, Adele Dewitt is a really great character. Yeah. Uh, one of oh here's one of my favorite lines. Uh, I believe it's Alpha. He's confronting Adele. You can tell she's scared, and she says something, and then Alpha says, uh, "The British are." It was something about, "I love the British. They're so, they're so good at understatement." <laughs> it was that, and I was like, "Yeah," but that's Adele, and Adele was just really always powerful. I think yep. a, 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 another character in the long line of Joss Whedon powerful females, and and I think Adele gets overlooked in the wake of say Sierra or Echo, um, because it's a it's a really strong, powerful character. I loved. How she is stone cold from the beginning, but by the end, she is basically like a, a mother slash girlfriend to Topher, and it's completely believable. Yeah, it totally works. I mean, even though we're not seeing those ten years in between, they've always had a she's always had a very protective relationship with Topher, even though she'll the, she'll threaten him. The episode where they all got high off of that weird yeah. awesome drug; yeah. those two together were great, and that was really the first time you start to see a really human side of Dewitt. I think. Yeah, when you strip away her inhibitions, she is a person. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I think that's where the seeds of her and Tover's relationship start to grow. Yeah, because they almost bond in a weird way over this mm-hmm. embarrassing encounter together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but her her storyline in the second season where she... She lo- gets broken. She loses Roger. Roger dumps her. Oh. Um, because no matter what they imprint Victor with, he's still in love with Sierra. And she goes through this like depressive, alcoholic binge and then she cleans up to become this bad bitch which why does she clean up to i mean the it's founder yeah it's Boyd. <laughs> that's, yeah Boyd that's a good her, point kicks yeah her ass and not literally but he insults her in just the right way of course at the time i was like oh it's boyd boyd's like because boyd cares for adele and i'm like yeah great but now looking back at it you're like oh it's just the founder pushing buttons again. yep he's pulling the strings which he's good at that he, he needs this team together on their pseudo mission to take down Rossum so that he can position Topher to fix this imprinting gun. Yep. But Adele is working on a lot of levels in the second season because she turns over this tech, she turns over these schematics, she turns on yeah. the dollhouse, she's running with an iron Which fist. Which makes you wonder if, if she's... Because I, I remember watching it just recently with the, when I was binging my way through it. I was like, oh, is she the big bad of this season? Yeah. Like Because it, it, it definitely seems like that. Once she turns over the tech, you're mm-hmm. like... Can we trust her at all? But it's just so she can stay in power, so she's in a position to take down Rossum yeah. once she has the information that, she needs. It was that episode where she sent Echo to the attic, yeah. and then the reveal at the end of the whole plot, you're like, oh. And nice. they're all in the room, and it's like, we have the information we need, we're ready. Very nice. It's like, Adele! Which was very similar to the episode from the first season, where they imprinted the dolls and let them loose. It was one where Mike is there. And... They go back and reveal that same meeting, except it's Saunders saying, well, let's give them what they want. And yeah. then you realize Saunders is also kind of a bad guy. I, I, I didn't remember that episode exactly because like halfway through the episode, when they're escaping, Adele and Mr. Dominic are watching on the TV and she goes, oh, everything according to plan. It's like, oh my God, what's going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Because I remember this, the preview for that episode when it aired, I was like, you know, next week the dolls wake up. I was like, whoa, that's going to get interesting. Yeah. But it was all planned. It was all planned out. It was all Saunders' idea, which I, I think is great. It's really interesting, yeah. Especially once you figure out who Saunders was, is. And you realize that it's a created personality. It really shows you Tover's genius even more. 
you know, because, yeah, Telfer brags about it all the time, that how he's able to merge multiple imprints mm-hmm. and, and things like that. But then you realize that really one of his chief accomplishments is Saunders. And you see how well that works. And that scene where she tries to seduce him at the beginning of season two, where he's sleeping yeah, in the bunker and she in comes into bed with yeah. him. And they have that whole fight and conversation about, like, why he designed her the way he designed her. Mm-hmm. Just wonderful. Just yeah. Those two actors together. Yeah. Amy Acker. She's so good. I, I can watch her do anything. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're going to really enjoy Angel. All right. All right. And Angel is an offspring of it's Buffy? A, it's a Buffy spinoff. Oh, it's a spinoff. Yeah. spinoff. I yep. couldn't remember that word. Yeah. Offspring is weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Angel's on Buffy for the first three seasons, and he moves to LA and has his own series. Okay. All right. Um, I guess I got And Amy this. Acker shows up at the end of season two, and then she is one of my favorite Whedon characters. Oh, all right. Okay. Winifred Burkle. Because whenever, you know... Whenever I talk to people about Buffy, they're like, oh, Willow. And I'm like, I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to enjoy I, know, I need to fix that. Yeah. I need to fix that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you, there's there's parts of you. I, I read a recent meme on Facebook that I really appreciated. It was like, whenever I run into somebody who hasn't read one of my favorite books, I've stopped shaming them. And instead I say, oh, you are in for such a treat. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how I kind of, I almost am delaying the treat of Buffy. Because I mean, it's a long tree. You, you can really savor it. I know. That's I mean, you true. Got, you got seven seasons of Buffy and five of Angel. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a, it takes a while to get through, even that's if you're true. binging. That's true. It's, it's a big cake. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a lot of cake <laughs> you get to eat. <laughs> but yeah, I just know you're a huge Whedon fan. And it's like yeah. Buffy and Angel yeah. started all. I mean, Angel's definitely the weakest of all of this series, I would say. But it's got some really great stuff in it, especially at a character level. Well, it's interesting because I am a Whedon fan. But I'm a Firefly fan, and Firefly is what made me a Whedon fan. Mm-hmm. Interesting, you know what I mean? Instead yeah, me of too. Like being a Whedon fan, I saw, and then I saw a Serenity before I really knew who Joss Whedon was. I'm like, I'm going to watch everything this guy's ever written. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Thanks, Joss. Thanks, Joss. For we all love your, you. Your many, many hours of enjoyment that you've given so many of us. I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm slash bummed and excited that you dropped out of Batgirl because I wanted to see it, but you know, DCEU, you should just jump ship while you can <laughs> yeah i got it Matt. yeah that's that's just it for me it's not even a reflection on him i'm just i i know it's a mess over there yeah like even his contributions to justice league and like eh, who cares <laughs> i know i should have watched it's justice it's league. still a very Zack snyder film and i you know i liked 300 a I lot did. of people did i i've only but i, I only like really one Zack snyder movie. Else. i only like the dawn of the dead remake i didn't that's, that's that. the only one i like of his but a lot of people like 300, a lot of people like Watchmen. Not for me. I did not like Watchmen. Yeah, I think I it's not. trash. I don't, I, well, okay. <clears throat> I need to read the original graphic novel because I'm not sure if it's the subject matter or his filming of it I didn't like. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if I read the graphic novel and I like it, then I definitely know what's in it. It's, it's a slavish recreation of the graphic novel. Slavish is a, is a good word for that. Yep. I like, I like I like adaptation to be a bit more creative. Ponderous? Yeah. Is that, I think, another good word for it? It's just like everyone goes, oh, it's so great. He took panels from the comic book and recreated it on films. Like, I don't care about that. It's like, do you something can, interesting with it. And you can do <laughs> great visuals and recreate those without, because it, it wasn't the re, it wasn't the visual. The visuals are great. It looks good. It's he's a good looking a, he's movie. He's a very visual director. Yeah. And if I could ignore everything else, I would have. Really There's no substance to his movies, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and the only reason I like Dawn of the Dead is because James Gunn wrote it. Oh. And James Gunn is a really interesting <laughs> screenwriter. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, we're getting off track. We're getting a little bit off track. I did like, it was one of the final lines of the series, actually, is they're about to set off the pulse and set out uh, to take the the dumb shows outside for the pulse. 
Adele tells Echo, it's like, it's, it seems fitting that the last fantasy the dollhouse would fulfill would be yours. Yeah, that is a nice, that is a nice. I found myself getting a little teary watching the final episode, the final couple episodes last I night. I was a little worried. I, this time I realized, uh, maybe it was because I've seen, this is my second time viewing, but when they brought all the dumb shows out, I'm like, but what about the butchers? You can't just leave those people out there. And so I, the timing of that was a little. Yeah. I mean, they should have had to fend off butchers until the pulse went off i don't know yeah but i get why because i get why they didn't though that would have been interesting too to see every like if it would have been interesting if like butchers and dumb shows would have fallen down next to each other and then got up and been playing with each other that would have been an interesting visual oh i also love it it was maybe literally the last line it's very it's also it's even later is when the 10 year old caroline wakes up in her original personality Mm -hmm. and she says what happened and he says Zone, right? Yeah, Yeah. zone. He says some line that we've heard throughout. It's like one of the, not did I fall asleep. It's like one of the did I fall asleep lines. Oh, the call and response? Yeah. Only for a little while. Shall I go if you like? Oh, it's, it's, I think it's one of the handler responses. What are the handler and Uh, what's the handler call and response? Would you like a treatment? Yes, I love my treatments. Do you trust me with your life? Uh, he says everything's going to be okay now that you're here. She doesn't yeah. say now that you're here, but he says everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you almost finish it in your head. Yeah. Now <laughs> that you're here. Yeah. Seeing Epitaph 1 at the end of the first season really made me see some of the structure that Joss and Jed and, and Marissa maybe had in, in mind. Because it would have been... And it's very... Uh, did you watch Lost? Yes. Uh, it is kind of lost in that way. And that the flash that you you get these flash forwards too, as well as you get the the flashbacks, mm-hmm. and that would have been really interesting. That if every season ended with one of the epitaphs, that would have been really interesting. So you know where everything is going, and you get little hints. Little Just continue this dystopian storyline that I love. Like those epitaph episodes, especially epitaph one. Like that was such a weird, bold thing to do. Yeah, like all of a sudden, all your stars are gone. Yeah, like that's. I remember watching it the first time, like, wait. And I was listening to the commentary, and Marissa even said that. She was like, if you're just seeing this for the first time, I bet you're thinking, is this Dollhouse? And then Jed made fun of her, saying, uh, nobody watches this for the first, nobody watches something for the first time with a commentary on. <laughs> but <laughs> like, well, maybe somebody does. Well, they're really weird. A lot of commentaries would do that. It's like, if you're watching this, for, like, why would you watch it the first time? We're talking, you're watching the commentary. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. You should turn this off. A lot of commentaries do that. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed. I can get why. I mean, that's, it's, it's gotta be a little weird to, um, talk about your creation in that way it kind of makes me want to pick a movie i've never seen and watch it with commentary like the first time i watch it is with commentary what's I, that experience like yeah <laughs> oh, that would be weird it can't be too good a movie though because you don't want to lose that yeah it would have to be experience. something i'm kind of indifferent towards and the question is do you put on the subtitles and what do the subtitles show do the subtitles show the commentary subtitles or do they show the movie subtitles I assume they would show the movie subtitles because you can't hear the movie usually because the com- you know the yeah. usually audio it's, balance it, it. it can kind of like fade in and out or sometimes you can't hear it at all yeah but I watched Epitaph one then I went back to watch the commentary and I only got about halfway through with the commentary because Marissa even says she says I haven't seen this cut. <laughs> since since yeah. we made it, and so I'm sorry if I keep watching it occasionally. And I'm like, oh, that's really great, and but I, I can't. Watch Did, it. Was Joss? I need on to get that commentary. No, it's just Marissa. Okay, and okay. I, I like listening to Joss Whedon do commentaries. Yeah, he tends to be a, a pretty self deprecating guy. Yeah, but listening to him on the special features talk about Dollhouse, he had a lot of pride for this. He really enjoyed making he, Dollhouse. He should have. It was a great show. It really was. And it's sad that it. I mean, I'm glad it it, it, it got more than Firefly. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it got more time than Firefly. It doesn't have the same following as Firefly, though. Like Firefly no. will survive the ages, I think, a lot better than Dollhouse will. Because we're coming up on the apocalypse now next year, oh, according right. to Dollhouse. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so its time is running out to become a cult classic. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It, it, like I said, whenever I talk to people that were Buffy fans, I don't know. Uh, something about her character and Buffy turned them off, and so they never watched Dollhouse. I mean, she's... she's. I mean, we didn't, we never really talked about it, because she's, she's so good at Faith and being that badass awful traitorous person that her and whedon years later were having dinner mm-hmm. and she was talking about how she keeps getting typecast as faith and it's really frustrating for her and he says that's insane because i know you're such a great actress mm-hmm. there's an episode of buffy uh, not to spoil oh, so, it too much so it? you think a lot of people probably have this dislike for her because of the character not yes necessarily her. that's i really... mean the character of faith is deplorable um and there's this great episode where um, Buffy and Faith switch bodies. And so you see Eliza Dushku play Buffy and uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar play Faith mm-hmm. playing Buffy. And it's like, it's really, like, they're really talented and she's really great. And so he basically reverse engineered this idea for a show that would allow her to show off her range as an actor. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it was always going to be Eliza Dushku was always going to be like, they, they came up with the premise on that idea. It's like, how many characters can we have you play? <laughs> Just to show that you're really great at it. Wow. And he's even talks about how it's, it wouldn't, it wasn't perfect for network TV, but that's how Eliza was going to be involved. And I was always going to do with Eliza. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's some compromises had to be made, but uh, he seems to be very proud with how it worked out. Yeah. It's, it's a great show. And it did show what, what I like is that it not only showed off her acting range, which was phenomenal. I'm, I'm sorry if I've been talking a lot about Victor and Sierra. But, but but Echo Eliza was very good. She's I mean she showed so many different aspects of her personality. And I remember the first one that really stuck was the first episode Eleanor Penn. Yep, was Eleanor Penn, and that that kind of stuck with me how she was going back and forth there, and then how she was almost like a resurrected personality. Oh another oh here's another great episode. Uh, the woman who dies. Yes, and thinks her family killed her, and so she comes back, and that's really it's like episode three or four. That's really where we start. They start laying the groundwork for this as a possibility of eternal life. It's one thing I kind of wish they'd brought back is that personality when Echo is engaging with uh, Adele. It's like she should be able to talk to her as a friend and win her over as a friend oh, yeah. with that personality. That's but true. we never really see that imprint reinsert itself. We know she's in there. Yeah, she's in the mix. She's got to be. She's, that's a really great character, too. Like, I love watching Dushku play this older woman. Yeah. Who's very kind of proper, but pretending to be her much younger friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really Her maternal instincts. She was really good at suddenly overlaying these maternal instincts and then realizing she needs to pull them back mm-hmm. uh, with her daughter and with uh, her son. Which is interesting because they both seem so surprised by those maternal instincts. Which makes you wonder, what was she really like she obviously wasn't like what she thought she was like sorry when i say she i'm talking about there's so many people here (laughs) the 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 lady the woman who died uh and it's interesting just as a character study as a personality study to see this is who you think you are but it's not what other people see you like yeah another great commentary on on things like that was that was a good episode for that but yeah those times where she would uh, or when uh, she thinks she's being maternal with her son and he ends up kissing her and she's like, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great. That was great. <laughs> and that helps the son figure out that she is a doll that's been imprinted with her, mo- with his mother. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Also, yeah. It's a small part. I, I really like um, at the end of the first season where she's imprinted with the, the little girl all grown up, like the little girl who's been abused. And her imprint is basically that girl as an, as a functional adult. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a really good episode, yeah. too. And again, it really goes into how creative Topher is with the imprinting process. It's not just I throw a bunch of characteristics together. It's like, no, these are missions. They have to have specific protocols. I'm building a person. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's build her cured so she can see that it's possible. Yeah. Which makes you realize there are some really great potentials to this technology. And, of course, we're humans and we're terrible, so we abuse it. So, so immediately it turns to enslaving people. Yeah. <laughs> Turning people into living or, or being able to live forever. Yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, Instead of life like, by stealing bodies. Here's a great way for therapy. Yeah. You know, for any number. Because really. Oh, God. The therapy. Uh, what's the word I want? Applications. The yeah. therapeutic application would well, be insane. Because really, that's what Joel Miner's doing. Mm-hmm. He's getting over, he's dealing with his grief with it for his wife by actually being able to do the thing. His biggest regret, that he wasn't able to show her the house that he bought for yep. her. And that's it's a form of therapy. Or the, the little girl trying to get her to realize that, that she can be cured. <clears throat> I mean, the, the positive applications would just be insane. And of course, it's not hard to believe at all that it would be weaponized if it yeah. existed. Yeah. And really, even therapy for the dolls, where they're allowed to run free, and and Sierra confronts Nolan, and mm-hmm. um, and you know certain saved. certain traumatic memories can be erased or altered, or dealt with. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, what Melly, what's her Madeline? When she becomes Madeline again, she goes, you know, my my daughter died, and I was without grief, and now it's it's faded. Yeah, I can deal with it now, and it's not erased. She Mm-mm. still knows that her daughter died, uh, but she can deal with it now and I, I think that's another way that the founder has realized he can manipulate Topher is that Topher has to even though Topher seems like he has no morals he still has to feel like he's contributing to something great or good yeah and he knows that and so he allows those kind of things to happen blessed are the forgetful <laughs> yeah I can't remember the rest of the quote blessed are forgetful for they forget which is ironic. The, the best of their faults or worst uh, of their faults something like that Anything else you wanted to hit on? I don't think so. I think we really, yeah. We got into the meat of it for sure. The utmost respect I have as an actor for Eliza and Dichin and Onver. No? (laughs) I I don't know. For Sierra Victor and and, uh, Echo. Because I I really think it's an amazing acting challenge. And and, uh, Alan Tudyk in his own way. Uh, Though I think they did a lot of his, because Alpha was broken, they used a lot more filming techniques. Yeah. To allow to do his character switches, which I'm sure he could have done live on the fly. Yeah, and uh, Alpha, even Echo too. I think Echo and Alpha in Epitaph two become a composite personality of their various personalities. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to be switching between anymore. They're just yeah. all these people simultaneously. Um, which I, I, you know, and watching them specifically Echo, watching Echo switch between personalities and immediately recognize Eleanor Penny, recognize Taffy, recognize these various characters we've seen yeah. before. It's like it's. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. The, the writing helps that they have these classic lines like blue skies, blue skies or whatever yep. the, to really help you anchor, to remind Goodness you of who gracious. they are. But, oh, the psychopath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but their character switches are just really, are really great and defi- well defined, which is always a hard part. You know, I'm a stage actor and stage director and, and to really get somebody to define a personality, a character well. Uh, so the audience is along with it 
is is difficult to do and to see them do it so well so many different times is a really impressive feat absolutely yeah so good job you guys uh directing acting it's all not uh i'm sure you're not listening but uh it was really good they should all they should all be superstars by now they should ten, be 10 years later they should be the well, I, just you know, i still see like like seeing sierra on uh, altered carbon was really great mm-hmm. and and uh on Ver as souza in agent Carter souza, was great, but i yeah. want to see them more i want to see you guys more do absolutely more. do more do more do more things send this to their to send this to your agent <laughs> and say look it's there's demand yeah well i'll tweet you we've gotten a couple of celebrity endorsements on the podcast since trevor was last on <laughs> yeah yeah it was a long time it was dune dune episode seven dune oh and not not like the sci-fi channel in dune like no like the, the dune. original dune <laughs> yeah the film well let's uh let's wrap up and we're going to talk about the guilty pleasures of characters in dollhouse mm-hmm. so how it works is you're going to pick a character for me any character you want that i will tell you the guilty pleasure i'm going to pick one for you okay and then you're going to tell them yeah, okay um and, and this gets complicated with dollhouse I, it does you have to be very specific with which I, character i don't think i want. can oh could i i could pick a person but i don't think i want to i think i want to pick one of the real people okay uh, which is funny because we've seen some of their guilty pleasures. Yeah, we usually go with things that are not obviously on screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, Bennett. Oh, good one. Bennett Alverson. Good one, good one. Um, and then you can do, oh, I know, Mr. Uh, I guess get his name wrong. It takes me a second. The security guy, Mr. Dominic. Mr. Dominic. Mr. Dominic. Reed Diamond. It's always the really strict ones they have a hard time with. Like, no, no, it's I, hard to imagine. I can kind of imagine. Like, I have a vague idea forming in the back of my head, and now I just need to, to crystallize it and then put it in a specific. Because you know, Dominic is so straight laced. Both, both as as the head of security. You know, he's he's very like you know things need to go the way they need to go, and uh, and as his NSA agent, that's like he's he's. Uh, he knows there's this terrible stuff happening, but like we said, he's guiding it. He's keeping an eye on it. He's like, yeah, okay, the, the bad things are going to happen here, but you know, we need to make sure we're looking at a big picture here. So uh, I got to imagine his guilty pleasure uh, is going to be um, going to the grocery store without a list. <laughs> The chaos of it. The chaos of it. What oh am I going to get? God. Don't go. Am I going to go hungry? I don't even know what I'm, I'm going to get. I'm going to go to the grocery store without a list and hungry. I don't even know it's for dinner tonight. You'll see what's going. And he doesn't tell anybody because if somebody knew that, oh no, yeah, no, we could never tell. He'd be, there's great shame behind that, but it, it tickles something in him. I like it. I was thinking kind of along the same lines for Bennett. I feel like she's so calculating. Mm-hmm and professional that she likes to unwind by maybe uh going anywhere really a bar a restaurant somewhere social where she's going to be approached by guys and she gets to pretend to not be the super genius famous bennett halverson she Mm -hmm. just gets to be this girl she gets to maybe play up her handicap a little bit it's like oh i'm so helpless (laughs) like yeah i bet she would appreciate if going along the same lines a restaurant with no prices on the menu Oh yeah, I bet that would. 
drive her crazy. <laughs> and and also kind of like, oh, I'm really letting loose here. Oh, no idea what anything's going to cost, but... Doesn't matter. I'm Bennett Halverson. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably running costs in the back of her head. <laughs> I also imagine her going somewhere where, like, you you tend to do things with your hands and she, like, pretends to fumble with her one arm and so, so invites people to come and help her mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like hey, let me help you with that it's like oh thanks it's like oh so i'm all fingers but not quite enough <laughs> it was like that line in tofer head he's like can i give you a hand i'll give you both of them that oh, wasn't that a was- reference wasn't <laughs> <laughs> a reference well yeah, thank you very she's much a great I, character it was nice to be able to rewatch this show again like yeah. i said I, I experienced it differently binging it than i did watching it from week to week and it was one, it was interesting to watch it because it's been almost 10 years. I was going to say, I, I don't think I've watched it since since the original I, air. I might have watched season one when I bought the Blu-ray, but I don't think I've watched my season two Blu-ray since, you know, this week. Yeah. And I remember thinking the first time I watched it, like who, like it was after Melly's reveal. I'm like, who, who's a doll? Everybody's a doll. Everybody's a doll. happening? And so it was interesting to watch it this time through, but like try and look for those things if there were any giveaways. And there were, there were. I feel like there were small things. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but yeah, I I, I couldn't spot anything knowing that Victor was a doll, knowing that um, Millie was a doll. I didn't see anything yeah. before you were supposed to know. Yeah, no, I I definitely didn't. It was fun. It was yeah. very fun. So thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Um, do you have anything you want to plug or recommend? Um, no. Like I said, if you've seen Dollhouse and you haven't seen Altered Carbon, I would advise watching it. They deal with very one, they deal with very similar issues uh, in a totally different setting, and you get to see uh, uh, De- Deacon Lock- Lockman again. That's, God, I'm so sorry that I'm sorry your name. Deacon. Deacon. Deacon Lockman, because you are so good. Yes. Uh, and she's so good in, in this one, too. So it's I, I would I would say you should try it out if you haven't yet. Yeah, I keep meaning to get to it. I'm just... The lead is always very hit or miss for me, but yeah, I will check it out on that recommendation. No, the first, oh, and I've talked with a couple of you about this. The first couple episodes, it's so much world building, and they do a good job of it, but it's still a lot, and so it can, and there's a lot of uh, shifting allegiances, and so you can, it's easy to get lost, but that's okay. It's okay if you feel lost. <laughs> Keep pushing through; you're going to enjoy it. Great. Um, I've mostly been watching Dollhouse lately, but I guess I'll recommend. I went and saw the new Death Wish with Bruce Willis. Mm. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would probably never watch it again unless we're going to do a podcast about it. But uh, uh, it's it's basically another Die Hard movie. All right. All right. So, yeah. Check out Death Wish if you're so inclined. Um, I, was, I also saw Red Sparrow, which is perfectly fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, I heard a really interesting review from David Edelstein talking about how Jennifer Lawrence is really good. And this is a terrible character for her. It, it does feel like a little bit of a waste of her talent. She she sells it. Like, she is yeah. in it. She goes for it. But at the end of the day, she's, you know, kind of like a glorified prostitute that somehow is very good at espionage. Yeah. Well, I think he was talking about that her vulnerability, her kind of, I think he might have used the word gawkishness. And I know it sounds terrible, but it, it kind of makes sense when you think about Jennifer Lawrence. It is her kind of like genuineness. That's one of the reasons she's, she's enjoyable to watch. And that the Red Sparrow character, this, this like pull, you know, this, this hard faced Russian, it's a difficult sell yeah. because of that. Hmm. Anyway, but yeah, yeah I, it's, it's another one I would never watch again, Yeah, but it was fine for is what it, it basically, is. basically, you know, we heard they're going to do black widow. And so we need to put out our own version of black widow. It's, it's, it's very black widow. Okay. But with 
I imagine the real Black Widow movie is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not fun. It's quite uncomfortable to watch um, with the sexual assault no, stuff yeah. and the violence. Yeah. It, it has no levity at all. <laughs> I need some levity. I'm raising three kids right now. I, yeah, yeah. I need levity. I really need levity. I, I enjoy levity. <laughs> Are you listening to DCEU? Yeah, right. No, they are. They are not they listening. Are not I, think listening. That, I think that's what everybody's been saying for years. They're not listening. It's so weird because when they do levity, it just feels awkward. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't what know what to recommend to? anymore. What are you looking forward to? Uh, if that's coming out. Yeah. Infinity War. Well, yeah, Infinity it's War. It's huge. Um, May the new, is going to be crazy. Uh, the new Wes Anderson movie. Oh, I didn't know about that. What's yeah. that one? That's uh, Isle of Dogs. Oh, I don't think it's, I saw that it's, one. No, it's kind of in the style of Fantastic Mr. Fox, that animation. Oh, maybe I did see a preview. Yeah. That looks really cool. Um, May's a crazy month because, uh, well, they just moved they up. They just Infinity moved War. Infinity War, but, but so you still have. I'm still calling it May. Uh, you still have Ho- Solo. Solo, which Donald Glover yeah. has Lando Calrissian. For that alone, I will go and see it. Yeah, and Deadpool and then, of course, 2. Deadpool 2. Yeah. Which I was kind of hoping that I on IMDb they called the untitled Deadpool sequel. I was hoping that was the official title. Yeah, <laughs> I, hey, who knows? It may still be. It, it may still be. be the. I think the trailer calls it Deadpool Two. Uh, untitled Deadpool not. sequel. Untitled maybe. Deadpool sequel is a really good title for a Deadpool movie. It really is. It really is. But yeah, May's gonna be cr- the summer's gonna be crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's uh, we'll wrap up. Thanks for thanks again, man. No, thank you. We'll have I to have you back on. In another hundred episodes. Yeah. Or, or yeah. soon. You know, we should do, maybe we should do a Firefly. Yeah. I mean, also short-lived. I mean, yeah, it's very popular and very well made, but mm-hmm. you know, it ran for 14 episodes. Right. How does that not qualify? I know. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll do that in the near future. I have another suggestion for you. We're going to record soon. I think you might be into. All right. All right. But uh, we're going to say good night. You are not guilty. Goodbye, internet. This podcast is a word salad production. Wonky oranges, righteous dragons. Okay, done. Now the podcast is in. Okay.